Welcome to Dynasty Sup League Podcast. This is a three-part episode five, reviewing roster construction, overcoming, taking over an orphan, plans to play the long game in Dynasty, and welcoming Christian Pfeiffer to the Dynasty Sup League. So bear with us. It's three parts, three hours long. We hope you enjoy. All right, so it is Sunday, what day is it? August 19th, uh, Dynasty Sub League Podcast. I have Christian, is it Pfeiffer? Yeah. Cool. So for those not familiar or you're somewhat familiar, JT and I started the podcast, which was supposed to be myself and John. Um, JT had some events pop up. Uh <clears throat> There's a strange sequence of events. The draft in this podcast league, Dynasty Sub League, went super, super slow. And it was frustrating, but it got done. When it got done, uh, we aired the podcast. Shortly after the podcast, JT had a couple events happen, and he got too busy. In the meantime, the podcast aired, and Christian reached out to our Twitter page, which is me. For all intents and purposes, it's me. <laughs> Um, Christian was like, Hey, would love to get in on league. If you have another opening, I said, unfortunately, no. And at the time I was kind of done with league, <laughs> just frustrated. So I actually told Christian, Hey, I don't have one, but check out a couple of Facebook message or, you know, message boards and see what you find. And then a day or so later, myself, another league member, we were like, Ooh, we, if we could get a competitive league versus this casual league, that'd be great. So I posted, and lo and behold, Christian found the post. So Christian got in on that league, <laughs> and then the league for this podcast kept going. And finally, I had a heart-to-heart with JT. He said, hey, man, if you can't own this and, and be committed. So he's like, nah, go ahead. So... Now Christian went from zero dynasties with me to two. So welcome. <laughs> yeah, I just I just found you. Um I was I was looking for some dynasty content on the web because we started our first dynasty in, in my friend league. We're just doing redraft every year for now. I think it's now the fourth or the fifth season. And um Actually, I was the one who uh, suggested why not try a dynasty uh, league to, to get a, yeah, the long-term strategy part. And well, we, we managed to, uh, to get all of the, the people uh, in, in there, but I felt like, well, we don't have the best settings. And I started to look at the, at the web for or some more stuff around Dynasty, and that's how I found your podcast. Uh, were you co-commissioning, or you guys were just looking to improve your league, or how'd that go? Um, well, I'm commissioning the Dynasty League, but not the Redraft League. Okay. Uh, we're, we're doing it just online on NFL.com, so uh, basically nobody was familiar with uh, Google Docs or... Uh, offline draft, slow draft, so it's uh, 
Yeah, it's a it's a steep learning curve, and I think even in your question on Twitter, your your main concern is what platform and versatility. For those not yet in the know, uh, Christian's six hours ahead of us in Florida. He's in Germany, um, so that was also an initial concern of mine. Uh, I have a half cousin who's German, and sometimes communication can be an issue. Um, so, thus far, Christian's been impeccable in trade talks and his understanding of fantasy football has been an asset to both leagues, uh, which is kind of uncanny and, and crazy to me. You said you've been doing it for four years? Yeah, I think it's four years. So how does Germany get interested in American football? What What's the phenomenon going over there? Did the London games help? Um, I'm not sure if the London games really were the starting point for the hype in Germany. Uh, I think it's it has probably an impact to to the British people um, because, of course, uh, it's it's a big event in, in London every year. I think you know, right, right, right. Two yeah. games or three games this year? I think it's two, right? Uh, I think they've moved to four. Even four, all right. Yeah. But I didn't know if that, like, because it came out that way, maybe give Germany hope to also get games. I didn't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, the correlation of trying to go international, they picked London first. I didn't know if... Ooh, Germany's like, if we show interest, maybe we'll get a game. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure if, if there are any plans on further expanding, but of course, uh, we would love to have a game here. I yeah. Mean, um, so for you and your friends, what got you guys in American football versus rugby or, I mean, soccer is obviously the number one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just no other sports that can keep up with soccer uh, in Germany. It's probably in, in most of the European countries, but especially in Germany, there's there's just soccer and there's nothing for a long time. Yeah, when my half cousin visited, he was big on. That's gonna be funny if he's for no, he's he's a Dolphins guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, how did you get tied to the 49ers? Like how did how did that become your team? Because if you've been playing for four years, that puts you in the Colin Kaepernick era. Yeah, yeah, I've been to a, to a game uh, in 2011. Uh, it was uh, still at Candlestick Park. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was nice, but I wasn't into football at that time. It was just because I was at San Francisco for, for and it and it was event and a culture thing. Yeah, yeah it was like, I got you. Uh, yeah, uh, just a, a friend of mine. Uh, he was like, "Well, we're once in the states. We need to go to some sport games." So we were like uh, looking for for some tickets, and it was really cheap. I mean, it was like the the, the last row of Candlestick Park. So- <laughs> We had a, it, was, it was a regular Sunday game, so it was like one, I think they're at, it's even 10, right? It's 10 a.m. Pacific time, right? Uh, yes, if it's the 1 p.m. here, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so it was like really hot, really hot. And, and there is no, no roof, right? Can't say park, it's just open. Well, there's a reason that, that stadium's just going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, 
Well, at that time, I wasn't so much into football. I don't even remember which they, which team they played against. <laughs> I just know it was the 49ers. Yeah, for um, your first NFL game ever, you don't remember who played. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is crazy. Well, I, I think I played Madden. Okay. But, but it, that must be like 20 years ago. That was the other thing, I, you know, like the the sports education with some of these stim, uh, simulations nowadays like you could literally learn football and playbooks from madden yeah so i didn't know if that parlayed into you know in your guys spare time if the hobbies as young males <laughs> if it's similar to over here as a young male you're either playing sports or you're playing video games yeah yeah it's basically the same but yeah. um well, I, the most, most time of my life, I've been much more into hockey. Uh, I love NHL. Huh. Um, and that's what I played for a long time. Uh, well, you can say like half professional. Oh, that's cool. And, but, well, when you get older and you start taking school series and, uh, well, having the job, yeah, yeah. Time goes. Time goes away. You're you're no longer a, a sports enthusiast in the same way, per se. I mean, I I, I love watching sports, but um, I'm not so. I don't have time to to be so involved in gaming anymore. So. Yeah. Um. But you had time to research, so I'm just curious. Where did the podcast? Uh. What platform did you discover it? Because you said you had to join Twitter just to reach out to me. Uh, yeah, because, uh, I, well, I was just on Google searching for dynasty uh -huh. stuff and, um, I don't know which, uh, words I typed, but I ended up with, um, some podcasts huh. and, uh, yeah. I'm just amazed that this podcast has already gotten that high enough on Google people could find me, so I'm pleased with that yeah <laughs> very pleased with that um so yeah the end impact christian joined the more hardcore league and now he's in the casual league as a just a favor to take over the team um so here in dynasty sub league we are talking about helping casuals uh initially when you talk to people online i had no idea like christian would be this into uh fantasy football and he's handled his own by all measures, everybody in the elite league on the startup draft was like, what kind of draft is this? Because <laughs> you, you came away, away with a doozy uh, from the 1-1 one -one, uh, of a roster, which you've now changed your theory on. But that's in that league. But either way, um, A, as Americans, we're like, oh, there's there's a German who, who might be new to football. But you're not new to football from, from the moves I've seen you make. Well, as you said, I've uh, already been into fantasy for now four years. Um, so, and I really enjoy it. It's like uh, when when the season uh, goes on, it's like uh, Sunday is football. Yes. Yeah. And and for me, it's the same, except for add Monday and Thursday. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's just the, the time shift. So it's like 
yeah yeah um how is how is your group of buddies over there like do you guys actually just record thursday and then watch it uh your uh friday do you guys watch it friday to enjoy it like it's new or do you just get the score and then you're just stuck with it well we have um i think we have two or three guys which record actually the games or just watch them as a whole the day after it um and we have some other guys including me i'm just like uh, uh all right friday morning i just open my my laptop and first thing i do is go on nfl and uh, check out for the highlight video so okay all right um that came up i don't know if you were awake at the time it did come up that in the uh, Empire League, we do have a concern of you being at disadvantage with the free waiver wire system. I don't think you would care either way. Um, you know, if, if something happens in a Thursday night game that one of us could pick somebody up or drop somebody while you're sleeping, somebody did say that that, that wouldn't be good. Um, I think you're formidable enough that you might not care as much as others. Well, um I don't really think it's a problem because no. basically if my team is that bad, <laughs> just uh, on Thursday night after one game and I got a problem. Right. And the other thing that I countered with is in dynasty where we have 25 man rosters, the waiver wire doesn't work the same as say my redraft league. I think you and I talked about this. With fifteen man roster, how does it your your redraft is only fifteen man too? Yeah, it is. It feels so different, doesn't it? It is. It's like it's like chasing the elite and well basically you can stream uh, not only kickers and defense, you can stream quarterbacks just every every week. In yours, yes. Yeah, because you said you played typically one quarterback standard. Um, so yeah, you're on that. So my leagues for you are an eye opener because quarterbacks pop off the board and hold so much more value. They do. They do. That's, that's, I mean, we were talking about that. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Um, that was the, the biggest thing I had to adjust because I was aware of, uh, QBs being a lot more valuable in not only because it's dynasty but it's super flex and um i think i was not ready ready um i thought of it but i still was stuck a little bit in that yes like well if i can reach and get rogers or wilson early that's nice but unless i get those two guys i can wait until seven or eight rounds. Yeah, and in opposite what happened is everybody started grabbing everybody. I took the rookies in the eighth <laughs> in that in that league. Um you were not subject to the draft, which was painfully slow in this dynasty sub league. Um so you're welcome. <laughs> um opposite of that, now you're stuck with a roster that I hand hand picked. Um your first move when you got into this league, uh, well, let me touch briefly on uh, just for the people listening for educational purposes. When you speak valuations on message boards or to your friends, 
And so now Christian's in two super flex leagues with me. His other, are you in three other leagues? Uh, two. Two. All right. So he's got a 50-50 split. So he's going to be more well-rounded in conversation than I will be um, because he has two one-quarterback standard leagues, and now he's in two super flex PPR leagues. So when you guys talk valuations and you're saying, oh, well, you can just get this quarterback cheaply, you need to make sure you're not talking to a super flex guy or advising a super flex guy because the super flex guy doesn't stand a prayer. <laughs> there is no cheap quarterback in super flex. Like you were talking about streaming and yeah, you, in one quarterback league and stream, nobody really cares. They might hold two quarterbacks. Whereas if you look at all our rosters, Christian in both leagues of the super flex, you see three to four starters housed on lineups. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was, I was, uh, yesterday I was just looking at our, like my roster in our fantasy, uh, league, uh, in our dynasty league, um, where we just have one QB, no, no super flex. Uh, I have there, uh, I think I got Cam Newton and Dak Prescott. And I was looking at the waiver wire and they're still big Ben. Uh, oh oh you did ask you asked our uh elite group what you should do whether you should or maybe you just asked me specifically um yeah Dak's young but big ben's functional for at least two more years so i'm with you for streaming um you know behind cam if cam goes down because he's running do you have another spot where you could also pick up big ben and carry three even though it's not conventional for a one quarterback league well, I could do it um, because there are there's so many value left on the waiver wire on the other uh, positions. Uh, I mean, of course, I, I would need to drop a player that's nice, but I'm not sure if, if, if I really want to stack up three QBs in that league because it's... Yeah, I, I almost... I also think to a degree if Big Ben is there still, you might be able to just grab him when you want him. Yeah. Because um, your league might not value him the same way. It's kind of – league valuations are going to be so interesting. Um, we deal with uh, – I don't know how many trades you've had with Jerry in the, the elite league. That guy's a wild man. You've yeah. had two trades with him, I believe. I have a look. Yeah, you did two, two quick ones. Um, but for intents and purposes for our listeners, know your league, know your league mates. Um, I think I touched on this in one of my first podcasts on this. The ones that are friends that talk day to day about football and you develop a relationship with, those are probably going to be the ones that you trade more easily with. Um, Christian and I, for all intents and purposes, definitely communicate daily we don't always land trades because we like the same guys and we share the same values. <laughs> so yeah. in that, in that sense, it's kind of frustrating because like, well, no, I like this guy, but can't give him up or, you know, I don't want to pay what you should get for your guy, but somebody else will. So it's, again, it goes back to establishing friendships and rapport with each owner and knowing how they value. There's certain guys. And I think you saw it. my, my roster in that league is questionable by most people because they don't value the, the running backs the same way that I do. 
like Isaiah Crowell, most people are like, that's garbage. I'm like, okay, well, Isaiah Crowell might be garbage, but this year he's going to be RB1 for the Jets. I'm not saying he's going to be a league RB1, but he has that upside because he gets that main touches. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have several uh, players that go into that category, and I think a lot of the other owners are not aware that these players can rescue your season because, of course, they don't have that, that crazy upside, but they have a high floor, and that's, that's, that's just valuable. Yeah, and I mean, and, and you're very aware from our conversations that you recognize what I was doing to that roster. And that roster over there, I had Rodgers and AB as like the two names. And then everybody else was like, what's the rest of it? But I've rounded it out. It's going to be a highly stable and highly functional roster. Yeah. But not pretty. It doesn't have pretty names. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not the typical team you, you, you switch to your tap and think like, wow. This is the next championship team. But it's like if you have a closer look at all the guys and think about the scoring settings and the, the depth you have at all the positions, I feel like probably there are some teams that just have the guys that will outscore you because they just have much more upside and right. the breakout game. Yes. Don't have a chance. But over a whole season, I think you're just consistent to be a contender. Yeah. I mean, in the, the, for those blind to my roster, it's, it's very balanced. I'm going to have some hard coaching decisions early in the running back core because I have Ingram, Howard, uh, Cohn. I just trade for Howard. Cohn, Crowell, CJ Anderson. Duke Johnson. So all of those, if I don't get the right starter, I actually could lose some games because the running backs might not get enough points to carry. Um, and like you said, in one league, in that same league, we have one guy with three stud running backs, Andrew. He has Hunt, uh, Gordon, and Cook? No. No, Bell. <laughs> yeah, he just got Levy and Bell. Yeah, so I mean, there's going to be some games, like you said, like I'm probably going to get blown out at least three times this year, and I just won't stand a chance. But against the others, whether it's bye week or injuries or mishaps where they lose their star, I'm going to be in good shape to probably squeeze in as the wild card. Um, and if not, well, unfortunately, Christian's in my division too. So it'll be me and him beating each other up. I told him it's in our best interest to go one and one against each other, not not either of us going to go would probably be detrimental to that fourth spot. I think um, yeah. for that one, you know, that one game margin that might be the tiebreaker against somebody else in a different division. That's hard. Um, but we're in the dynasty sub podcast. So we'll actually talk about your roster here. Um, your initial thoughts on the roster I drafted for you, you did not have Rogers at the time. Your first move when you came in, uh, you traded away Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I was like uh, still trying to find out which team I have and where are my weak spots and how the, the whole balance of the roster is. And um, I was um, well, basically, I just took over the team and I knew uh, from you that there was a trade discussion going on with JT, the former owner. 
and that Joby was waiting for, for an answer. So I just stepped into that discussion and well, he, he offered a nice package, including Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, for those listening, Cody and I touched that on a Friday podcast, but as soon as I saw Joby said, Hey, I'm going to send this to Christian. I was like, well, Christian's going to take that only because you got Rogers who for all intents and purposes will be a nice quarterback for the next five years. I don't care about his shoulder stuff and everybody talking. He's a stud and you got the one five, which is a running back. So unless you were super, super high on Christian McCaffrey, who most people think could be an RB one, I do not. Um, I kind of have him as a, a very nice RB two. I don't have him as an RB one, um, which you could probably get close to that function in the one five from this draft class. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Um, I, and, then, and then he threw in 2019 and 2020 thirds, which in this league will probably hold more value than the elite league because people like drafting rookies and new new blood. Plus, if you, I don't know if you've scanned in this dynasty supply, everybody for the most part has roster issues. So they're they're going to need draft picks to fix some of that. I'm not through the whole league and all the rosters, but uh, I just picked some of them to have a look, and uh, I have the same feeling. Um, I I also have the feeling that my roster is uh, not in a perfect shape. I need to fix up over the season. Yeah, I mean, your your quarterbacks, you're set for a good while. Um, you could probably spend Winston and Mariota or Keenum, any of those three you don't really like, you could probably spend any of those for either picks or running back depth if you wanted. Um, Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs, you're set at wide receiver. Um, Alshon Jeffrey with his injury is unfortunate because he really would have been set. Uh, but he's if he's healthy this year for eight games, the eight games that you know in the offset of Diggs, if Diggs isn't healthy either. Um, but either way, your W one and W two, uh, you'll be fine. Your W three could maybe use an upgrade. Just you know, get one more fourth wide receiver. But then in your running backs now, you give McCaffrey away. You have Le'Veon Bell, Dante Foreman, C.J. Anderson, Chris Carson. Lau Powell, Charles Sims, Samaje Pirine, and D'Angelo Henderson. Uh, you and I talked off the air about CJ. I think CJ Anderson will definitely be a formidable running back, especially for your RB2, even though you just trade away McCaffrey. Uh, I think Anderson will lead uh, them in carries and also be a goal line threat. I, I agree. I, I, I think uh, in general, I'm a little bit higher on uh, Christmas McCaffrey than you. I think he can develop into an RB1, but uh, it's probably not going to happen this season. I think CJ Anderson is going to have a lot of touches. And just as you said, I think he's the go-to guy at goal line. CJ is or Christian? CJ. Okay. This season, season, I think CJ is going to be the guy they just hand the ball if it's, I don't know, yeah, or whatever it's because you know I think North Turner and and uh, Rivera have recognized they need to preserve Cam Newton, and I think CJ does that perfectly. 
yeah, they can they they cannot uh, let can run for the next two or three years <laughs> the last four and five years because it's just gonna get really damaged and um, I think he will need to develop more into a throwing QB because uh, unless he wants to to go to the hospital twice a year yeah just calm down a bit and looking in your system I uh, do you know which running back you're leaning towards at the five I think guys might drop to you yeah I I already had a deeper look into into those guys I mean there are several running backs that first seem to be a nice starting running back but right now uh well they tend to get injured or uh to struggle with pass protection or something else so it's probably probably it's still an option to go with guys at the fifth but i'm not sure if i can afford passing on the rb that plays that plays yeah so that might be royce freeman um royce freeman's moving up everybody's boards because compared to a month ago it was definitely clear cut oh sonny michelle darius guys uh nick chubb nick chubb has not done much in cleveland um Rashad Penny was in the mix as the number two for a while if you remember but you have uh his partner and this might be an interesting call too you might actually go Rashad Penny because you do have Chris Carson well that is probably my my hot take for today so uh this morning I've just had a look at all those guys and I I was like hmm there's not the one guy I would say all right I have to take him because that makes the most sense. But if Penny falls to me, I'd probably take him and just double him with Carson. Yeah. Um, the other opposite of that, I was thinking you might, uh, if I'm looking at this, I would hope that Dante For- Deontay Foreman in Houston steps up. If he does, then you're off the hook anyway. <laughs> um yeah. And then if CJ performs like we think he will, and then you have Chris Carson starting, so you could conceivably hope that Chris Carson goes hot and then you trade, say you draft guys at five, and then Chris Carson goes hot, then you can trade into another formidable running back that you might like a little bit more. Um, Or, you know, in a weird series of events, if somebody before you drafts Rashad Penny, maybe you can – Offer Chris Carson and then look at uh, Carry On Johnson. Um, yeah, you know I mean, things like that. Yeah. You, you have options at the five. It stinks because I have the seven behind you. <laughs> um, but you and I were already discussing. No, we were discussing the other league. I gotta be careful of that. <laughs> the problem when you have so many leagues, you gotta remember which roster you're talking. Um, so in this league, I have the seven, the ten, the fifteen, the eighteen. 34, 39, and 58. I've done well to crowd myself into the top 20, uh, which is good in this year because a lot of the valuable guys deemed valuable are now dropping. So, and I have Newton, Goff, Tannehill, Flacco. Most people know that I'm kind of high on Tannehill being the next Bortles where he's not pretty, but he scores. Um, He also had top five characteristics prior to his knee injury. 
So if for those of you looking for value late, Ryan Tannehill is your guy to go get. Even even in uh, redraft leagues, I think redraft superflex league, Tannehill as your third quarterback would not be a problem. Even as your superflex, I don't think he's going to be a problem because the Dolphins are going to be trailing and he's going to be throwing. So that's my hot take there quickly on Tannehill. Um, yeah, I know. I don't even know if I'd want to move ahead of you to get the five, like offer you more picks because um, you are gapped out now due to your other trade. Um, you have five and 35. So you basically just get your running back and then you sit. Yeah. That's, that's, if I stick with the picks I have right now, that is probably my strategy. Unless, unless Carson just throws it to the top and, and I can I can Yeah, I mean if trade him. So it's it's in your best interest if our draft does go slow as crap for the first four picks and you can get more evaluation on Carson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. Um the other thing I'm looking at 35, 38, 59, there's probably somebody that wants extra flyers in this league. So if you start to get I would say you could probably trade those in for a top 25 pick if you really have your eyes on somebody. So, like, during the draft, I would be looking to move back in and get one more guy if you have your eye on him. Or knowing that there's some casuals, just trust your research and hope that good value falls to you at 35, 38, and 59 and just build up your – you were right, uh, off the air for the listeners, uh, Christian – told me i did not get him enough taxi candidates and he's absolutely correct (laughs) he has and in this league we can do taxis three years or less he's got deontay foreman who he's not going to taxi he's got chris carson who he's not going to taxi samaj p ryan d'angelo henderson sure those are either taxi candidates or cut candidates or trade candidates other than that your quarterbacks and wide receivers all taxi ineligible O.J. Howard is taxi eligible, but you only have Garrick Selleck behind him. Um, you're probably dropping Selleck. Yeah. Well, we, we, already, we already talked about um, I'm not satisfied with my tight end. So because I'm not convinced of O.J. Howard because they got Cameron Braid still there. Not only do they still have Cameron Braid, they gave Cameron Braid a five-year contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no I, faith in OJ, like no yeah. faith. Yeah. So they probably will either split touches or uh, just let OJ go. I'm yeah. Not sure what's happening this season, but probably they have to make a decision next season. So I don't think OJ Howard is the future for the Bucks. So. No. And same with Jack Doyle. I mean, you got you got Doyle and Ebron, and nobody knows what they're going to do. I think Doyle will be their uh, possession go-to, and the one that Luck had previous rapport with. And I think Ebron will be their athletic weapon down the seam. Is what my my take on that that split will be. And since the Eagles and the Patriots have good success with double tight ends, I think every single NFL team is trying to obtain two quality tight ends, pass catching tight ends. 
and I think that's the new build. And then you, we as fantasy owners have to decipher <laughs> which matchup we might want and then what actual tight end corpse we want to go with. Yeah. I blame Aaron Hernandez. Because <laughs> um, the Gronk and Aaron Hernandez set that trend. And then obviously the Eagles with uh, Ertz and Burton. Nowhere near what Gronk and Hernandez were, but it's still it. I think schematically on the field that us fantasy owners we do not understand is the schematics and matchup, and, and having to match a linebacker or safety to the athletic tight end. So if there's two athletic tight ends, it puts a weird uh, on-field situation. Yeah, I mean, we don't care as fantasy owners because if our guy doesn't get the ball, we're really mad. But in in real scheme you know real real time football on the field it, it just having that guy i mean think of think of the sammy watkins decoy from last year like people don't understand he's getting paid a lot of money to even be just a downfield threat even if he never gets the ball yeah that's true that's true I mean, it's, 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 and it's it's a weapon probably every team needs to have that that crazy speed Oh, yeah. I think the best build in football is to have a big possession guy that you can go red zone or, or, or dunk down to, a quick shifty slot guy that you can throw drags to, and then a stretcher, a field stretch. That's the prototypical build right now, and that makes the most sense. And then now you have these uh, Tariq Cohen, Christian McCaffrey, even Kareem Hunt to a degree. The, the running backs that can split out wide, and then now you're looking at two quick shifty guys in the slot. Which one are you supposed to cover? One it's, reason why, why I'm still still high on, on the Chiefs, because now they have, they have uh, not only Hunt, and they have Tariq, and they have Kelsey. Now they also have a quarterback that can throw uh, to, to he can throw it. 70 in the air, no problem. We just saw it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, of course, the, the, the Chiefs are not that competitive as a whole team, but I think they, they're a nice team from a fantasy perspective. Yes. I mean, and I, for anybody just new to fantasy or, or anything, if you want to go uh, – Next level thinking, the best quarterback candidate, and this is why I'm so high on Mahomes and people don't understand it. You want, and I don't think the chief defense is good anymore. Um, that's part of it. You want a gunslinging passing quarterback with tons of weapons on a team that has a bad defense. Also why Blake Boros and Tannehill will score this year. Well, no, I can't say Blake Boros because bad defense. Blake Boros is going to score because he just throws to a whole bunch of talented athletic guys, and they, they take his three-yard slant for 70. <laughs> um, now in Kansas City, you have Mahomes chucking the ball 70 in the air to either Tariq Hill or Sammy Watkins. That is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has, he has so many options. And, and with, with a guy like, like Kelsey, uh, if there is no space – uh, for for Tyreek or, or Watkins, he just has a has a, an elite tight end. He can always go to. It's like he's he's just grabbing every every catch in a range from ten to twenty yards. Yep. 
and Mahomes has shown that he can get the ball to him. Uh, early on, everybody's like, oh, Kelsey's value is going to go down because Mahomes to Smith. Now, Mahomes is, has been proven to be a sufficient passer. Um, and Kelsey's such a big target that now they have the, the high hot pass because Mahomes has a better arm. You know what I mean? Like the, the Dwight Clark touchdown in the end zone. Now you have that. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, all the, all the defenses have to adjust to, to the ability of, of Mahomes throwing that far. So, right. It's going to clear out the underbelly. Yeah. All, all the safeties have to have to step back. And, and that opens up room for guys like Kelsey or even, even Kareem Hunt doing some, some screens or whatever. Yep. All right. So let's review the rookies that you – well, in this league, not so much. And then in our elite league, we already bunched the rookies in. Um, in your guys' dynasty, have you guys done the, the rookie draft yet? Uh, yeah. The rookies were included in our startup draft. Oh, oh, it was a startup as well. Okay. Yeah, it was a startup. Yeah, startup and rookies included. So your other league is a redraft. So your two German leagues, you have a redraft and a dynasty? Right. And it's with uh, it's a 10-team league, both of them. Ugh. Yeah. You know my stance on 10-team leagues, right? Yeah, we already talked about it. And uh, <laughs> I just, for, for realism and fun... Uh, I think if you are a 10-team league, I do own one 10-team league, and it definitely I, I kind of like it only for variety's sake, but I, I firmly believe 12 is the best mix to get away from the race for elites and then elite hoarding. And also just to, to add depth to, at the end of the day, if it's only eight or 10-team leagues, you're only playing with the studs, so trades get weird. And it's not as realistic, whereas in 12 to 14 team leagues, suddenly that throw-in might matter because depth. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, well, once I had an 18 league, that was like, it's just not fun. It's, it's just only for playing the top elite guys. So, so 18 is just crap. Um, well, we had... Uh, I joined a 16-league league redraft last year. How was that? Well, they played... I, I, I don't know what the commissioner was thinking of because they played with uh, three IDP players. Okay. And, um, we had, basically, we had the standard starting roster i think it was like one qb two rbs two wrs one tight ends one flex defense and kicker and three idp guys and you had a bench of i think six players oh that's not enough yeah. once once you add idp you have to go at least three more <laughs> yeah so, so that was like, um, like oh wow, in my, in my bye week, I have to change all of my team. <laughs> oh, man. I, I feel like I need to do a segment on commissioners. <laughs> Some commissioners just like throw weird stuff out there without much thought. And then if you're playing and you realize it's not fun, you need to immediately go to a league vote. Um, yeah. 
and it's like the one of the leagues we have 20 uh 20 man rosters for for dynasty and it feels different uh i feel more constricted um but i'm not going to push to expand to 22 that one has 20 but you also have six taxi instead of five uh with the same taxi eligible rules with a three-year um i don't really like the rookie i've touched on this i think every single podcast i don't really like the rookie taxi because i think you short out the chance to develop your two and three-year players um i really just firmly believe in being able to draft a guy and being able to hold on to him until you see what he's got because the nfl just doesn't move that quickly outside of elite running backs nobody else makes impact until two to three years they just don't they're either out of the league quickly or they're learning the scheme or they're behind another starter things like that so if you are only doing rookie taxi leagues I don't want to say you're doing it wrong, but I'm not going to play in your league. <laughs> um, and then to, to, to go to 16 team with IDP, if you have IDP, you need to expand the bench immediately. IDP is great for extra strategy and league variance. Um, it also typically, from what I see, most if you go IDP, you actually go away from team defense. I don't know if you've seen that. So, yeah, I'm, so I was surprised that you said that commissioner kept the defense in and gave you three IDP as well. Yeah, it was it was it was weird, and uh, I, I uh, did you stick it out? Um, well, I've I've played the whole season. Actually, I won the league. But <laughs> I, then it's worth it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, it's, well, it was free. Yeah, it was. I don't know how you survived a free league with bad rules. I don't free leagues to me, even just put 20 bucks on it. So people care a little bit free leagues the the bottom dwellers suddenly start doing crazy things or the top guys start like strategy guys like me and you, if I'm in a free league, I might start playing with different trade strategies just to help my other leagues. That's bad news for that league. I mean, it was like, uh, I think the one, the, the commissioner was a friend of my friend, and he was like, oh, I'm doing a 16 team league, and I'm searching for two or three additional guys. And I was like, well, why not uh, try a 16 team league? And I joined, and then I've seen the settings, and I was like, oops, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From that point on, I was uh, well. I was trying to adjust as fast as I could to the rules, and I just told myself, "All right, you gotta hang onto it for at least one season because it's so impolite to keep it." So yeah. uh, I just you sucked it up, and and, and you yeah. won it though. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and it's if. If I wasn't in so many leagues, I would actually probably want to go into something like a 16-team league um, with IDP only for like the depth and realism that it would bring. But at this point, especially with now the elite league is put together, and I'm, I'm confident that that's going to be hyper-competitive, um, I'm, I'm tapped out. <laughs> I, you know, I alluded to that in our Twitter conversation. I was like, dude, I'm not doing another league. But – the elite league just made too much sense vetting vetting good guys and, and, and good personalities um, who actually know football has uh, 
it's been enjoyable for me. Um, I'm sure, I mean, you're active in there. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's the first time I recognize that all of the other owners are that active. And uh, it seems like all of us have at least uh, good knowledge about football and fantasy. Um, and it's like super competitive. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is going to be fun because there's basically there are some rosters or there are not many rosters you would say, all right, this is the super championship roster, but it's not because the owners were drafting badly. It's like because all the other owners are that good. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that. Like when I'm looking at these rosters, I'm like, what happened here <laughs> on some stuff? Um, the other interesting, I don't know, in your, in your startup, did you allow to, you were the commissioner, right? Did you allow trades during the startup? Uh, no, because we did uh, we did the draft uh, online, so it was uh, over over our platform. So basically, everyone had ninety seconds to make the pick. Yeah. So now you get why I insisted, and you saw me say several times: Google Docs, Google Docs, Google Docs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I love that. Yeah, I mean, we, you already uh, were asking how I found you and uh, why I was so eager to, to get into a league because uh, it was not only that I felt your podcast really gives a lot of content and you know um, what and how to explain some stuff to the, to the people out there. Uh, it was like I had the feeling there's someone that really loves being a commissioner and trying to make it the most fun for everybody. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and that is that is so so cool. And and I was like, all right, if I do an additional fantasy dynasty league, I want to be in a league where the commissioner is just like that. And um, that's why I just tried to find a way to, to get in contact with you and that's <laughs> That's that's really cool. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's kind of it's it's been a running joke where and even in my redraft league, the other guys are like, "You're the best commissioner ever," and that I just thoroughly enjoy it. And I think your job as a commissioner is to make sure everybody, even the guy twelfth place, is having fun or is at least interacting to where he's like, "I still want to be a part of this." And to me, it's it's important to have clear and concise understanding so nobody feels gypped if some sort of scoring system or something like you don't want to be that guy that ate the sour apple at the table. You know what I mean? Everybody else is enjoying their delicious apple and something happened and you got the sour one. You don't want to be that guy and I don't want to put any of my owners in that position. But that being said, like Dynasty, as I kept reading up on it, I'm like, um, my fantasy league is good, but it's a paid platform. Uh, I think it's 75 for the year. Not everybody wants to throw the extra five or $10 on top just to cover it. Um, more hardcore guys, they're willing to. So I was like, all right, what can I do to help facilitate where everybody can hop in and see it? Also, Christian, have you gone on my fantasy league? Uh, no, so, I, I, I tried to, uh, get in, Get in touch with several platforms, but uh, I, I just didn't have the feeling that this is the the right the right spot. Well, 
even so even in our elite league, everybody like come some of the guys I, I vetted, they're in my fantasy league. Um, Brent actually the table that he kept carrying over into ours was from my fantasy league. It's a great platform, but it's not visually um, organized like for me. Uh, and everything I read was hard user interface, et cetera. Um, what the trade-off there is, at least in my fantasy league, you, the owner, you can just send a trade. You don't have to go through the commissioner. You don't have to, I know there's some frustration. Everybody's waiting on me to update sheets after all those crazy trades. Um, but that trade-off to me, the visual clarity, and then I firmly believe if you run a league, please start a group chat. Uh, we're, we're in Facebook messenger. Everybody loves it. Um, WhatsApp is another one. Um, chat, chat me or whatever. Any, any, if you're in a group, get your 12, 10, 14, get them all in the same group and get everybody chatting. Um, but to me, the best way to, to not have people jaded on trades and feel weird about somebody is to actually start conversation with the other owners. Because in the NFL, you can't make a trade just by sending an email with, here's my three players I want to give you, and here's your two, and then the other guy says no. In the NFL, you actually have to talk. <laughs> so once we go to the Yahoo platform in season, I still want trades to be outside of the platform, only to encourage conversation and understanding. Um, because it's very easy to get a, like you'll send me CJ Anderson for, you know, Aguayo. And I'll be like, snap no, you know, or snap yes on my end, but there's no conversation. So I think it's very important to understand your platform, but don't let your platform, um, while it, let's see, while it makes it more accessible to the owners and more user-friendly in one manner, it hinders the league's overall growth and development in another, if that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And I have the same feeling that our Facebook group is, is just awesome because, uh, and, and I think it was a very good idea to have a, a, a separate group for the, for the startup picks because uh, that makes it a lot easier for, for you and all the others to figure out, all right, this is a pick and this is just. Um, so I'll give, I think Ross or Brent, either of those two credit for that one. Guys, if you're doing a startup draft, get in Facebook Messenger. It, it, it was kind of when people commented in the picks thread and then they were not commenting or they were putting their pick. In. If you label both your groups, create a group for your league chat and create a, a group for your league picks. And for those like Christian who had to sometimes wake up to several picks, he could ignore the chat and just hop over to the picks and scroll up. So if you're going to do a startup, a uh, slow draft, definitely create two, two chat groups and, and devote it to the picks. Um, and then, so just to help anybody who's commissioning what we did or what I did, I had the Google docs as the main for me and for anybody who wanted the more detailed look. That also tracked the trades because most of these apps, we use SleeperBot app. Um, and then like you're online, whether it's ESPN or Yahoo, they don't really account for trading uh, in the startup to where guys would trade like seven, eight, nine to move up and get a fourth, things like that. Uh, SleeperBot didn't either. I had to gap out the visuals, but SleeperBot was good because it let people at a quick glance scroll down on the rosters and see who they had and the others. Um, but then the Google Docs, I went round by round. So 
sleeper butt was team by team. Uh, Google was round by round. We had our group chat to talk smack about whoever people traded for, or, you know, whoever they picked. And then we had our pick chat, which was strictly only list your pick and don't do anything else in that group. <laughs> um, elaborate, complex, but how it sounds, but in functionality, it was pretty easy, right, Christian? It was super easy and it was especially, I don't know if the other guys feel the same, but for me, it was, it was uh, super because I, well, you already said it, I had a time shift of six hours and basically, uh, well, we had, we had, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was really random or, uh, of course it was, but I had the first, uh, the first pick, so I also had the wheel, uh, the late wheel, so I, I, always have to pick twice in a row so yeah unless, unless you trade it out of it <laughs> yeah which happened a lot of times <laughs> well wait you do know it was random you, you know you saw what happened um i was i was going to do uh well the listeners don't i was going to do uh lotto balls like 96 balls eight eight per team etc to change the odds and everybody's like why don't you just do 12 i'm like well that's smart and then somebody else like dude save all that time just go to a uh, randomizer i was like ooh. so in one minute i literally type all 12 owners names hit randomizer and boom our draft was set and we lucked out uh christian had one wheel so we all it, it almost became a running joke that as we wound down we're like all right hard stop at christian <laughs> Uh, which was convenient for me. I needed the break because, um, dude, there were some rounds. It was just rapid fire, and then there were some trades. I'm like, oof. It took nine days, but it was compared to the Dynasty Sub League. That, uh, I mentioned this on the last podcast with Cody. Uh, I walked away from, from the elite draft for eight hours. I came back, and it was now my pick. Like The three or four of you guys that were commissioners, you guys picked up the slack. And just kept it moving. I'm like, I couldn't do that any other league. <laughs> okay, so that is episode five, part one. Ben Osman and Christian Pfeiffer still to go. Part two and part three. Stay tuned. Check out the next one. Thank you.